Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome in to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Pegnata. On this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast, we sit down with writer from the Bear Report and Keeping It Heel, Zach Person, to talk about the future of current Chicago Bears quarterback and former North Carolina Tar Heels quarterback Mitch Trubisky following his sensational performance in his last two starts. After that, Zach will break down what is wrong with the current Tar Heel football team and give you his diagnosis on what the Heels can do to fix it this season. For now, let's jump in and hear what Zach had to say about the former North Carolina Tar Heel quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. As we welcome in from the Bear Report and from Keeping It Heel, Zach Person. How's it going, man? Good, good. How you doing? Good, man. So, uh... Yeah, you've got, uh, you've got the honor of being able to um, not only cover the Tar Heels with the Keeping It Heel uh, blog, but you also get the honor of covering the Chicago Bears. So, you know, just kind of walk me through that night when Mitch Trubisky ends up getting drafted there. You knew a lot about this guy. So, you know, just, I mean, was it a thrill to see a guy that you've been covering for a while go to the Bears and now you're going to be able to get to cover him there? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was exciting. Um, going into that draft, I had Trubisky as my number one quarterback. Um, I believe I had Patrick Mahomes number two and Watson three. Uh, so when we were sitting there, you know, the Bears were scheduled to pick third. Everyone's like, okay, defensive player, no way, Ryan Pace makes a move. He makes a move. And everyone's like, okay, you know, defensive player, someone like that. And then as they announced that there would be Trubisky, and it was just kind of, at first I was a little shocked because I didn't expect Ryan Pace to actually trade up and uh, draft Trubisky, because at the time, no one knew that Ryan Pace and John Fox all went to Chapel Hill to see Trubisky throw, they kind of kept it a secret, um, so yeah, it was kind of a little shocking, um, but yeah, it's definitely exciting to see him kind of grow as a Chicago man. You know, he broke out uh, last week, you know, six-touchdown game. What was the difference for Trubisky on Sunday, um, you know, against that Tampa Bay defense that, you know, has had some struggles early in the season, but they had some moments where they looked good as well? Yeah, I mean, the biggest difference, I would say, is he's stepping into his throws more. The first three weeks, he was kind of, you know, he's, he's more quick to scramble and try to pick up the first thing with his legs and not keep his eyes down the field when he had receivers open. Uh, he talked about her after week one and week two, and he said it's something he wants to prove on. Finally, after somewhat of a bad game against the Cardinals in week three, I think he did a better job of, of kind of just trusting his receivers and being more uh, you know, fundamentally sound, I want to say. Uh, he was stepping into his throws. He was a lot more accurate. Uh, that Buccaneers defense was just Swiss cheese. Um, but, you, I mean, you can't take away credit for what Trubisky did. He still had to make the throws. He still had to step up. Uh, but, yeah, it was by far his best game of his Bears career. And it was, it was kind of shocking because, like, I didn't think I'd live – 
I see a Bears quarterback throw for six touchdowns in my lifetime after watching just numerous quarterbacks come through. So, you know, when you look at Trubisky, which quarterback do you think he's going to more resemble throughout the rest of his career? Do you think he's that guy that you saw in the first three games of the season, or you think he's going to be more in the direction, not not quite as on the same level as the six-touchdown Trubisky, but do you think he can sort of take that and, and use that um, as something that he can he can kind of step forward to as, as he goes throughout the rest of the season and beyond? Yeah, I think that performance is going to help him. Uh, you know, so last year he was with Fox and Loggins, and it, it just, they were like, they didn't let him throw the ball down the field. It was just kind of like they handcuffed him. Like, you're going to hand it off to Jordan Howard, and you're going to throw short slants to, you know, threat receivers who aren't even on rosters right now. Um, so I'm kind of taking this, I'm treating this as Trubisky's rookie year, essentially. Um, I'd like to see what he does in his first year under Matt Nagy. And what a lot of people I don't think realize is, Patrick Mahomes sat in a year under Matt Nagy, and now he's playing his first year in that similar offense, and he's just exploding. I don't think Trubisky is going to explode and you know, throw six touchdowns or even at, you know average like three to four a game, but he doesn't have to because the way Ryan Pace has built his team is just kind of that old Chicago Bears mentality. Really damn good defense, a good run game, and I think the difference this time is Trubisky's going to be a quarterback that can take them to the next level, whereas, you know, 2006 they had Rex Grossman, who couldn't take them to the level with an elite defense. I think Trubisky's going to be able to take them to the next level. I think that quarterback class from last year is going to be pretty special with Watson and Mahomes and Trubisky. Um, I don't know where Trubisky's going to rank out of those three. Uh, as it looks now, you know, Mahomes looks like he's the best one of the three, but that, that's nothing against Trubisky. I don't I, I don't like saying, oh, you know, because Mahomes is so good, Trubisky has to be so much better. He really doesn't have to be that much better. He just has to be a good enough quarterback to get them you know, to, to where they want to go. Yeah, I mean, I was talking with the guys uh, that, that I work with, and they, you know, we were kind of all saying, like, look, you know, Trubisky doesn't have to be quite as good, I think, as the other two have to be, because he has that running game around him in Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, and he's got that really good defense around him. Um, I mean, I, I guess the, the question is, is at the end of the day, do you think that Mitch Trubisky goes down as the greatest quarterback in Chicago Bears history if, if you had to bet here while we sit today? Oh, man, that's tough because I was always a guy that liked Jay Cutler, and I felt like he kind of got the raw end of the deal by Bears fans. Um, if I had to say right now, as of this day, oh, man, that's tough. <laughs> I would say yes. I'm going to say I think because he'll win, a play he'll win more playoff games than Cutler, I think he'll eventually break those records. But at the same time, I don't know how much, like, from an outside audience, how much people know, but, like, literally every Bears passing record is Jay Cutler almost because it's just been so bad at quarterback for the franchise. And, like, before that, you have to go back to, like, 1942, 1943 when Sid Luckman was throwing the football. Um, I, I'll say yes, but I wouldn't be – I'll say I wouldn't be shocked if he wasn't. So now, you know, let's turn to the Tar Heels and focus a little bit on them. You know, we talked about Mitch Trubisky, and really since he's campus, they've had some trouble replacing him. You know, is there really a reason why that we can kind of pinpoint, or is this just one of those scenarios where there have, there have been some talented guys they maybe just haven't developed? Yeah, I think there's some talent. I think Chas Surratt is the guy... If, if I was comparing him and um, 
Nathan Elliott, I'd say Surratt is more talented. The problem I see with him, though, is so he can he can get the ball down the field, but he makes, man, just the god-awful mistakes. You know, he's not careful with the football. I just think that's inexperience. I don't, you know, I think the injury last year didn't help him. Being suspended for the first four games this year doesn't help. Um, I think he's the more talented one. It, it is a big drop-off, though. I mean, we went from Marquise Williams to Mitch Trubisky, and it felt like, oh, man, the, the Tars are, Tars are going to score every time the offense has a football, too. Now it's like, man, when are they going to score, you know, unless they're playing Pitt or, you know, Western Carolina or something like that. Um, I think eventually, if Fedora is still here, he's, I mean, I think Cade Fordham's got some potential. Uh, I just don't know if Fedora will be here to see that. I think this year is probably going to be it for him. But, I mean, as far as the rest of the season goes, I, there is, I, I see some potential in Chancellor. I just think he needs the experience. So, I mean, you look at the running game, and really I think that everybody that has watched the Tar Heels so far this season knows that that's the strongest point of our offense. Why is coaching staff so reluctant to go to that and lean on that as something to carry this offense. Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, it just reminds you of when they had Elijah Hood and TJ Logan. Um, I mean, going back to what, that 2015 game, if they would have just given Elijah Hood the ball against South Carolina, they're probably you know going to that ACC title game undefeated. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I can't figure it out either because. They have three, I think, two really good running backs. I think, you know, they have a third. Jordan Brown is pretty good. Uh, Michael Carter is fast. That guy is, he's a playmaker on offense. You have a playmaker on offense there. You have to give him the ball, whether it's out of the backfield running or receiving. Um, Antonio Williams is a guy that went to a Big Ten school at Ohio State. You know he can play. And still, I mean, they're kind of lucky to give him the football. Maybe it's just a fedora on this coaching staff thing. Um, I don't know, but it's got changed because a good run game does open up the passing game and opens up play action a lot. And I think it would take a lot of pressure off, you know, Surratt or Elliott, whoever's going to start for the Tarnals moving forward. So if they can get that thing going, I think the offense will look a little better. I think one of the big questions at this point in the season is really how good is this offensive line? You know, they came into last week's game against Miami and. They hadn't allowed a sack, but at the same time, I feel like by just watching them, you could tell that maybe they weren't as good as some people on the outside thought. Uh, you know, where does this, where do you think this line stacks up? Is this a good offensive line? Is this a, a, an average offensive line, below average? Where do you kind of see them? Um, I would say right now, I would say they're about average. Um, I, they did have a really good game against Pittsburgh, and uh, Nathan Elliott kind of took advantage of it. He had a lot of time to throw. Uh, they're just, they're just, you know, they haven't had a lot of games together. They lost a lot from last year. Injuries have hurt through, uh, UNC offensive lines traditionally over the years. Um, as it stands now, I think they're average. I think they are getting better, though. Um, I think they're, if, if we are, we're sitting here in November and we say, what's maybe a position that is turned out to be a bright spot when we didn't really expect it? I think it would be on the offensive line. Uh, there is some talent on there. Uh, I want to see William Barnes play a little more. I think he's going to be just a dominant lineman in this league. Uh, but right now, as far as like ACC goes, I think they're average. Um, it, it, I'll say if UNC was a lot better overall, I think it's definitely an offensive line you can win with. 
Yeah, you turn to the defensive line, and this was a unit really that started the year as the focal point of many on maybe the entire team because of the talent that was down there. I think suspensions to this point has kind of limited what this unit has done. But overall, um, can, can we get away with saying that they've taken a step in the right direction and they're starting to provide a little bit of pressure for the first time in a long time under Larry Fedora? Yeah, um, I'd say they're, they're taking a step forward. I think they've played a little better than what many give them credit for, I want to, I'd say, just because those suspensions, you know, beginning of the year kind of took away from it. Two really good players on the, on the defensive line get suspended. They split up the suspensions, obviously. They got, they got the uh, NCAA waiver to do that. Um, but, you know, I've been pleased with it overall. I think they're getting enough pressure. Um, if, you know, three really, four really good no, three are really good upperclassmen, I'm sorry. And then they have that redshirt sophomores and then Fox. Um, I, it's just, it's hard because as a whole, this team has struggled. So, like, kind of pinpointing and saying, you know, this has been a standout part of the defense isn't really saying a lot, to be honest, just because of the whole team's overall struggles. But if I had to pick a spot in this defense, I, I'd say I like what I've seen from the secondary and I like what I've seen from the defensive line. So now I guess the question is for Tar Heel fans coming out of this bye week when they match up against Virginia Tech, you know, what are the goals the rest of the season for this team? Because in the my, in the minds of most of the people in the fan base, Larry Fedora is pretty much out the door. He just needs his bags packed. Um, you know, what would you say would be a, a good goal for this team and really in general the coaching staff um, to try to get this thing turned in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, a bull, a bull is going to be out of the question. They're going to have to run the table to even have a shot at it. And look at those matchups. I I can't find more than two more wins at max, I'd say, including the Western Carolina game. So, you know, moving forward this season, I you, you want you definitely want to see some development from the younger players, the freshmen, the sophomores, the juniors are coming back. Uh, you want to see just progress and like compete. I'd stay in the games. Don't get blown out. You know, the first round against Miami, it looked like, okay, like, they might be able to hang with Miami. And then the offense just turns it over three times and Miami runs wild. Um, I was, you know, just compete and, and show show some progress because if Fedora is gone, which at this moment is probably likely, you're still going to have a majority of these players next year. Um, so whoever's going to come in as the coach, you're still going to have these guys. So working together and, and progressing and kind of, you know, in a way being consistent, not turning it over multiple times a game, uh, being consistent in the run game because it's in the passing game defensively. I want to see some progress there. Um, get the ball to your playmakers more. I mean, you have Anthony Randolph Williams, Michael Carter. Those are two playmakers. Antonio Williams is another one. Get the ball to them. Let them, know, let them do what they can do. Um, so yeah, I'd say just see just seeing more consistency and, and some progression moving forward. So at the end of the season, at this point, I think we can both agree Fedora may be um, on his way out. But the $16 million buyout is um, one of the big questions. You know, if you are Bubba Cunningham, put yourself in his shoes. Is the $16 million buyout standing in your way if, let's say, this team goes 3-9? and nine? Um, Yeah, it's definitely a factor. Um. Because, you know, you're not only going to have to pay him that with the buyout, but if you want to bring in a high-profile coach, you're going to be paying him a lot of money, mm-hmm. too. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a factor. I just think 
right now, I don't know if Bubba's decision is mind is made up because you know, say UNC does somehow get hot and you know maybe pulls off an upset of Virginia Tech and kind of you know beats Duke or NC State, maybe they keep him. Uh, but yeah, man, that buyout—that's that's a lot of money to buy out for a coach that has hasn't lived up to the expectations. So I noticed the one thing, and then we'll we'll get you out of here on this. Um, you do have uh, underneath all of your credentials of, of where you work and everything. You are a big Simpsons fan. Um, yeah. You know what what uh, draws you to that show? What's uh, the thing that uh, makes you passionate about watching that show? Man, I've been watching it as a little kid uh, when I was like three or four. My dad gave me a little Bart Simpson doll. I just kind of just fell in love with the show and uh my one of my cousins was a big simpsons fan when i was growing up so he kind of you know it was kind of an influence on me there but i just remember growing up it was just you know every sunday we sit down you watch the simpsons and i know a lot of people don't like the newer seasons but i, I still sit me and my wife watched last sunday and we'll probably watch this sunday but it's, it's, it's my all-time favorite show i can't there's nothing that comes I mean, maybe the office comes close for me but that's about it Okay, yeah, no, I, yeah, The Office, that's my favorite, so, uh, that is an acceptable number two answer, so, um, yeah, Zach Person, um, of the, uh, of the Bear Report, um, as well as Keeping It Heel, hey, thanks for stopping by, man, and just chatting about, uh, Mitch Trubisky and about the Tar Heels. Yeah, man, thanks for having me, anytime. Yeah, of course, you take care, okay? Thanks, you too. So that is going to do it for this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. I want to thank Zach Person for jumping on with us. If you guys want to read his stuff, go to the Bear Report or KeepingItHeel.com to read all his fantastic articles. As always, subscribe to the podcast on Spreaker, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn.com or the TuneIn app. Follow the blog on Medium.com. Just search Heel Tough Blog. Guys, I want to thank you, and as always, go Tar Heels!